Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Purpose Podcast. My name is Haas Rauscher. Goal of this podcast is to help men find and fulfill their purpose, going to help them be good, strong leaders, good, strong men, good male role models in their communities. I'm going to do that by having conversations, going to invite guests on. I'm going to ask our guests, what is your purpose? What do you think your purpose ought to be? How did you find that purpose? And what do you do every single day? How do you get up, get after it, and go and fulfill that purpose? Uh, Today we have a continuation of our Path of Purpose series where I am trying to formulate um, a a path for uh, young men in particular to go and uh, express their purpose, and I guess better word is to fulfill their purpose. Um, it's going to discuss career. It's going to discuss life goals, um, how to put together a cohesive plan, um, for your life. Um, at the very least, how to get a starting point and how to act on, on a set of goals and to, uh, create actions that support those goals, um, how to build a life basically. And, Uh, how to make decisions that are in accordance with your purpose, most particularly the career. Um, This is going to eventually turn into kind of a career-heavy series. Um, Maybe not this episode, but the next couple episodes are going to revolve around career and business and entrepreneurship and how to make that align with your purpose, how to to find um, what you really want in those areas and how to pursue them. So uh, today, the the past couple episodes, so this episode and, and last episode, uh, have been kind of setting that up. And uh, the, the reality of it is, is you can't choose a career separate from the rest of your life. So uh, we are going to focus on the career, but there needs to be some setup um, focusing on all of the all of the aspects of your life, you know, faith, family, fitness, um, financials. Those are my priorities. Um your career needs to fit into that, you know, somehow, and your purpose needs to serve, uh, all of those priorities. So, um, that's the base that we're trying to set up here is, is, um, look at your life kind of from a zoomed out view and look into the future. I asked everybody, uh, on, you know, last episode, we discussed what your five, 10, 20 and 40 year goal is. So five, 10, 20 and 40 years. I asked, where do you want to be in 5, 10, 20, and 40 years? And I kind of discussed where I wanted to be. I kind of gave you the example, which is which is what I can what I can do on the mic at the very least, is uh, gave you an example of the way that I think about my life and the goals that I have uh, in the future and you know, the, the phrasing that I'm telling myself and, and trying to make it all kind of fit together, uh, gradating across a list of, of priorities. So fulfilling priority number one, faith, and then priority number two, family, and then fitness, and then financials. Um, I kind of walked you through how I do that and gave you some examples and kind of let you into my goals a little bit. Uh, Today, we're going to take that next step on the path of purpose, and we're going to talk about what do you do from here? How do you, how do you make the decision to, to move? Which, which path do you take if you're at a fork? How do you decide which one to, which one to take? And uh, I gotta be honest with you. I've thought about this a lot and these episodes, no matter how much I think of them, uh, sometimes they're a little tough to hit the record button on, you know, sometimes, uh, sometimes I feel bad because we don't always have guests on, uh, as a matter of fact, very lately it's been rare. Um, and I feel bad about that, but, uh, in a lot of ways, the guest episodes are easier and I think it is a little bit of an out. So they're, they're harder to schedule, but they're much, much easier for me um, to want to record and to actually get something valuable out of. I'm excellent at asking questions. I'm not very good at oration and just talking. Uh, I guess, you know, depending on your definition of very good. Um, but these episodes, uh, it's really, I've really struggled to to find some answers for you guys because um, the more answers I think I have, uh, the more actual questions up. <laughs> the more answers I, I think I have the moment I'm like, Hey man, I might have these answers. Uh, then I get hit with like a flood of questions and I'm like, bro, you don't know anything at all. So, um, I'm going to try to give you some answers. And at the very least, I'm going to help you. I'm going to give you the example and kind of let you into my decision-making process and, 
and tell you a little bit about what I did, what I've done, um, tell you a little bit about what I've done and what I'm doing. Um, it's becoming more and more clear that you can't prescribe something for everybody, but, uh, you can and you can't. I mean, I can tell you what I did and I can tell you at the very least whether it worked or whether it didn't work. So that's what I'm going to do today. You know, when I started the path of, uh, path of purpose series, I asked you, it was two episodes ago. Um, when I said, I, I started off with, where do you see yourself in five, 10, 20 and 40 years? And then I backed off of that. I backed off of that for a very, like it was very intentional because where do you see yourself? I think implies reality. It's, it's saying where, you know, based on where you're at now, where do you see yourself in five, 10, 20 and 40 years? It's this, uh, I guess, reality of, of vision. I don't know if the, if it's the word see that messes with that. Um, maybe it's just because it's so often asked in an interview. Um, but where do you see yourself in 5, 10, 20, and 40 years? And I felt like that was way too realistic. And, and there's a reason to that. Uh, it, it's valuable to think like that of where do you actually, where is the trend going? If you continue your actions today, where is that going to go? But I intentionally wanted to change that. And I said, where do you want to be in 5, 10, 20 years and 40 years? Where do you want to be? Um, if you remove a little bit of of the reality of your current circumstances, a little bit, um, and you could see me even struggling with that in the first episode of where I said, well, I don't know that we're going to have the money for that. And it's like, well, you got to be somewhat realistic. You can't, uh, you know, smart goals are realistic for a reason. S-M-A-R-T, specific, measurable, attainable, realistic, and time bound. Uh, they're realistic for a reason because unrealistic goals don't help anybody. Um, but what's the definition of realistic? And the reason I wanted to kind of modify that question is because I think everybody's idea of realistic is very, uh, it's less than what it should be. Um, what is, what does Andy Frazella say? I think he says they overestimate how far they can get in three months and they wildly underestimate how far they can get in three years. Um, and I, I find that to be true of myself as well. Um, I find that to be true of myself. There's a lot of times to where I think I can get way farther in three months than what I actually can. But, you know, 10 years from now, uh, for me, that's what, 34. And there are people who are multimillionaires by 34 that started with nothing. Um, it can be done. The The idea realistic of, you know, somebody saying, oh, I'm 34, I might like to, I don't know, maybe buy a house by then and maybe have a new vehicle. That's a fine dream. That's a fine goal. Okay. Um, I'm not putting down that goal, but uh, a lot of people act like that's, that's the end of the line or not even the end of the line, but that's what's possible. You know, they look at their current situation and they go, well, um, or they look at everybody else, you know, they're, they're surrounded by quote unquote average people um, just because that's the way it is. I mean, it's average for a reason. So probably the most people that you know in your life are going to be somewhat close to average at least in your community like that's just mathematics i'm not trying to down talk anybody but they look at the average person and sometimes they apply those limits to themselves and they say well i don't know the average 34 year old i know um makes around a hundred thousand dollars a year and they have a semi-decent vehicle that they're paying a loan on and they live in a you know three bed maybe a four bed two bath house and that seems like you know uh, even though, even the ones I know that are doing pretty well, that's where they're at. Um, they put these limits on themselves and I think don't seem to understand, uh, the, the compound interest that can come from 10 years of hard work, uh, focused on a goal. And if you make that goal big enough, uh, that compound interest on that hard work will, will match the goal. <laughs> it will, it really will. If you're willing to do what it takes and what a lot of people also don't understand is that those goals and those priorities, uh, they'll make a goal without thinking about their priorities. And then sometime in the middle of that goal, it shifts. Or at the very least, they realize that they've got these priorities that they now have to take care of. So, and this is um, maybe been, I, I know I've definitely had this happen and I don't know that you can avoid it to be fair. Especially not if you're incredibly young. I think that uh, it's hard to prioritize things that you don't have. So 
for example, uh, family, I think it's a tall, it's a tall task or a tall order for me to ask young men to prioritize a family that they don't have, um, 10 years from now when they do have a career, when they do already, when they are already making their own money or they are already in college. Um, I think it's a tall order for me to ask young men to prioritize their family over their, their goals that they're already in the trenches on, you know, they may not be in the trenches of a family. And, and, um, I think it's a tall task, but I think it's one that has to be done. You know, um, I say this a lot on the purpose podcast, but if you want above average things, you need to do things that average people aren't willing to do. Uh, if you have a, how do do I say that actually? Um, if you want to be above average, you got to do above average things, I think is the way I typically say it. Um, so yeah, it's a, it's a tall task to ask guys to look at 10 years in the future and prioritize a family when they may not even have a girlfriend. Um, but it's a whole lot better than establishing a goal and then, uh, establishing a goal and then end up having to completely reorganize. Uh, and at the very, again, this is going to happen, but you don't want to be thrown off your guard in two years on a 10 year goal, because now you have this wife and this kid that you have to prioritize. Um, and now you don't know how to handle that. You haven't, you haven't calculated for that and you have to be agile. Um, I'm not saying it can't happen. I'm saying I've done it. (laughs) I'm saying that it, it will happen, but, uh, an increased amount of foresight, the the more foresight you have, uh, it's going to lessen the impact of that, of that priority shift. And, um, the more you think about the circumstances that you're going to be in, uh, the better off you'll be in trying to achieve those goals. And a lot of people don't, you'll, you'll hear some hustle people that, uh, what is it? The grind set. You'll hear some people in the grind set that, that don't believe that you can hold those multiple priorities that you can only focus on one goal at a time. And I don't believe that as well. So what I'm going to try to walk through today is, is how do you assess those priorities in your current position? You know, we talked about it, uh, last week, we talked about it last week and said, how do we, um, how do we look in the future and, and look at those priorities and establish our goals, uh, by looking at those priorities in the future? What are our priorities now? Uh, how do we look in the future and, and navigate our way, uh, through those goals? So I started with faith. What do you want your faith to look like? What do you want your family to look like? Um, so on and so forth. And we established those goals. We, we, we thought about it. We, maybe even wrote some down and that's what I should have done. I should have wrote them down and I, and that's, that's, uh, my mistake, write them down. So, um, sorry, I think we heard, I don't know if there was emergency sirens outside the door. That's why I stumbled. Um, didn't know if the neighborhood sirens were going off or not. It was probably the TV. Anyway, it probably should have wrote those goals down. But today, what we're going to do is we're going to look at our current situation and we're going to talk about the first step because that one's always the hardest. (laughs) We may talk about steps, you know, one, two or three. Um, How do you make that first step and then how do you pivot or how do you make that first step and continue uh, on that path? You know, take at least step two, because those are two very important things. Step one and step two, um, using our illustration of the path of purpose, step one is starting and step two is always kind of some form of commitment and what this might look like is going to a smaller college um, to be closer to your girlfriend uh, but still going to college you know that's that's step one of like hey I've got these goals 5 10 20 40 years in the future and when you're looking at your list of priorities maybe if finance was your only one you would be going to I'll use my own example you would be going to A&M you would be going to uh, A&M, and this isn't the reason I'm using this as an example. The the real reason I went to West Texas was not because of DLN, but using it as an example, uh, maybe if finance, if, if that was the only goal that you had in mind, uh, maybe finance is taking, uh, going to A&M and, and getting that, uh, D one college degree or whatever, because you're going to be able to get better jobs. You're going to have better networking. Maybe maybe. Um, but maybe that was step one. And then you looked at this, this list of priorities and you said, well, you know, uh, my girlfriend, I think it's going to be a lot better if I go to 
a smaller school or go to a school that's closer to her, go to a school that maybe we can build a life, you know, a lower cost of living place so that we can build a life together while we're at school. Um, maybe go to school closer to our families so that we can keep our families in touch and we can hang out a little bit more. I, I, I don't know what the, what the examples are. Um, and this is going to be some of the struggle of this is I'm, you know, I'm talking to nobody and, uh, I'm talking to everybody at the same time. Like I've got nobody across from me <laughs> and I've got everybody, uh, that could possibly listen to this. So it's going to be hard to prescribe specific, uh, examples, but I'm going to try. So step one is, okay, deciding to go to, deciding to go to college and making that decision and, and stepping out and, and taking that, that first step of, okay, this is what we're going to do. Uh, go enroll in that school. And then step two is, is honestly, um, even more difficult because it's after, maybe after you've been rattled a little bit, you know, step two is that, that step of, of commitment to me. And then step three is like the pivot step. Um, so we'll, we'll talk about that. And this is, this is, uh, now that I talk about this, like I said, these things are always hard to, hard to talk about because I don't, I don't always have the answers, but I work them out while I'm here in front of the mic. And I don't know if that's better or worse for y'all, but we're going to figure it out. So I want to ask the question now that I avoided earlier of where do you see yourself in five to 10 years? Um, this is where the reality is going to come in. And again, I'm sorry, I should have wrote down, should have wrote down my goals so that we could assess them um, compared to the the goals that I had had. I didn't even think about that until I got into this episode and I apologize. Um, but let's take some of the goals. Uh, I know my five-year goal is I want to be in a different house, a uh, different house, preferably a different school district uh, in five years. I want to have a larger house with um, some room to run and a larger school or in a better school district in five years. Um, where do you see yourself? So that was where I want to be. Where do you see yourself in five years? Right now, does do your actions aid in that in that goal? Do, are they are they serving that goal? Well, to be frank with you, probably not. <laughs> um, still struggling to get my uh, my budget under control, and still struggling to figure out where the money needs to go in order to support that. Do we pay off debt first? Do we save and pay off debt? How do we do that? Um, do we follow Dave Ramsey? What do we do? Um, but at the very least, I know that continuing on the path, I know that there has to be change. So let me back up. Um, it's very clear that if I continue on this path, my savings account is not growing uh, at the rate it needs to grow in order to put a down payment on another house in five years. Um, I don't think that I'm going to get enough equity out of this house. So I'll look at the trend on the equity of the house that I'm in. I don't think I'm going to get enough equity on this house to support um, buying maybe twice as expensive of a house or three times, honestly, um, as expensive of a house. I'm at 168 right now. It may take, you know, 500 grand to get into a house with some acreage. So that's 168. Oh, 168. Uh, one, two, three times three. Yeah, $504,000. Am I going to be able to support, let's say, if a 20% down payment times 0.2, uh, 100 grand for a down payment. I don't know if that's right. Do you have to put a 20% down payment on a, is that a car or is that a house? Regardless, um, a 20% down payment on a $500,000 house is $100,000. That's crazy. Um, will my actions uh, right now support that down payment? Absolutely not. Um, what about the income? I don't even know what a mortgage calculator is, but if we go with the or how to calculate a mortgage. I know what a mortgage calculator is. It calculates your mortgage. I don't know how to do that math. Um, so if we go just simple math, um, 1,500 times three, let's see. I know it's not going to be that easy, but uh, $4,500 a month. Do I have the income right now to support a $4,500 a month mortgage payment? Because um, I'm at 1,500 something right now. So uh, $4,500 a month for mortgage. Do I have the income right now to support that? Absolutely not. Um, so if I had started here, uh, versus where on, where do you see yourself in five years versus where do you want to be in five years? Um, do you see the negativity that could get your goals down? Uh, ideally, I've already got my goals written down where I want to be. I've already got them written down and where I see myself, there's a big gap. 
And so this is where we now have to start start the work of, of figuring out that path on how to get there. Um, in this scenario, we start doing math. Okay, we start doing math. We got to see where our income uh, has to come up to. We've got to see where our savings account has to be. You know, a lot of people, um, there's a thousand ways to skin a cat. Um, and we're going to talk about being default aggressive. Yeah, I'll save this for a second. Um, let me get my pen and my paper. I should be more prepared. Let's see. Get it to where it'll stay open by itself. Um, so I'm going to write this down. save that for later um this is where we start the process of where do you see yourself if i'm talking you know to a young man trying to think about where i was uh years and years ago um you know the decision to go to west texas versus uh versus a&m at one point, I thought I wanted to go to Harvard, which is kind of, I, I laugh now, but that's <laughs> that's where you start, <laughs> you know, like perfect illustration of I thought I wanted to go to Harvard. Um, I never had this dream small, um, this dream small thing. I never, I never had that. Um, I wanted to go to Harvard at one point. And once I realized that all of those people are absolutely insane, um, I was like, oh, well, maybe MIT. I was like, I think I could go to MIT and be a really cool engineer. And then we went to Boston and I was like, this is awful. <laughs> we went to Boston and, uh, absolutely not. Um, anywhere in the big city. That's when I decided that I did not like big cities. We went to Boston, went to a couple stock shows, uh, you know, Austin, Houston, Fort Worth. Um, we stayed at a motel six one time. I think that was in, that was either in, Oh, that was in Houston. Um, Oh God. Uh, it was awful. And over the years I was like, where do you see yourself? not there. <laughs> Where do I see myself? Not at MIT, but I still thought I was, I was pretty dang sharp. And I was like, you know what? Still need to go to like a D one school and, uh, still need to go to like the best engineering school in Texas, which is Texas A&M. Um, I'm a UT fan through and through, but Texas A&M has better engineering. I don't know what to tell you. So I was like, well, I think I can go to Texas A&M for mechanical engineering, maybe even nuclear engineering. And I was like, yep, I can do that. Uh, well, that was the, where do you want to be? Want to be a nuclear engineer? Um, where do you see yourself? Well, when you look at this list of priorities of, um, you know, where did I actually see myself? I wanted to be around people that I enjoyed. So, you know, faith, family, fitness, uh, maybe friends and then financial, uh, wanted to be around people that I enjoyed for sure. And then I, uh, wanted to, stay close with my girlfriend. That's for sure. Um, wanted to keep my girlfriend and move on to marriage. There's that, that family. And this wasn't cohesive at the time. Uh, not nearly as cohesive as what I've got it now, but I do believe this is what was happening. And, uh, finally some other, some other circumstances kind of outside of my control. Uh, we had a flood where I wasn't able to go take my SAT in time, uh, for A&M, but made the realization that, you know, these smaller classes, I'm probably going to be a little bit more visible. Uh, there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of, um, industry around Amarillo, some industry that I enjoy, you know, there's Pantex, there's Bell, um, both of which I was actually able to work at. Um, there's a lot of, uh, cool things going around in Amarillo. I've got some family there, uh, be able to maintain, you know, close ties with some family. Hopefully my girlfriend will be able to be up here eventually. And, uh, it's people that I like. It's smaller classes that serve me better. Um, let's go to West Texas A&M. So this is where we're going to make the where do you want to be and the where do you see yourself. This is where we're going to make them fit. And a lot of people would say, well, you know, you still could have gone to Harvard. I could have. Um, that it would. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna be like, oh yeah. Actually, looking back, I never could have gotten into Harvard. No, there are people that get into Harvard all the time. Um, and as a matter of fact. Uh, it's it's not that prestigious of a school anymore, I hear. Um, but there are people that get into Harvard all the time. Could have gotten into Harvard. I wanted to get into Harvard at eighth grade. If if I would have taken that and really bared down on or MIT um and made high school absolutely count, no worries. Could have gotten into Harvard. I don't don't believe that 
I don't think there was anything stopping me at the very least, maybe the good Lord. Um, you know, and a lot of people will say the good Lord has a plan and I think he does, but, um, could have gotten into Harvard. Uh, but when I started to look at those priorities and I started to look at the reality of the situation and understand more of what I wanted and look more into the future at what those things looked like, you know, Harvard didn't look like, um, didn't look like the people that I wanted to surround myself with. It looked like a bunch of suits. It looked like a cutthroat community and frankly, a bunch of DEI stuff that not really a huge fan of looked like everybody at Harvard kind of hated me for being a white man. Um, and then A&M started to look a little bit like that too. a and is probably the best D1 school out of, I don't know, maybe Texas Tech. But um, anyway, uh, they all kind of started to look like that. And so by matching up this where do you see yourself to where do you want to be um, in 5, 10, 20, and 40 years, you're not necessarily giving up on your goals. And that's something that I had struggled with for a while. It was this kind of self... Uh, not self-hatred, but this disappointment in myself um, when I felt like I was giving up on this really large goal that I had had. And I don't think that that's necessarily true. I think that you start high and when you're squaring up, what do they call it uh, in accounting? I just did it. Um, when you have to uh, when you have to square up your books. Uh, is it reconciliation? I think that's what it is. Yeah, I'm logging into QuickBooks right now. Um, I think it's called Reconcile. Uh, actually, I know that's what it's called. I don't need to log in. It's it's loading, but um, let's see. Dashboards, transactions, sales. We'll make sure. Um, how do you do this? Anyway, uh, I know for a fact it's called reconciliation. So basically, what they do is they go through and they make sure that you're they make sure that your books are uh, equal. They they track credits and debits. So what went in, what went out. And they do what's called reconciling. Let's see. Expenses, sales, transaction, dashboards. Um, anyway, it doesn't matter. But they reconcile. And that's what, you're, that's what you're doing when you take this where do you want to be and your where do you see yourself. Um, if I continue exactly how it is now, where am I going to end up versus where do I want to be? And when you apply those priorities across these two decisions. How am I treating my priorities now? How do I want to treat my priorities? Um, how do I get my goals on on finances, uh, but also maintain my goals for faith? Uh, you're going to realize that there might be some conflicts. And we tried to eliminate it that by looking at our, pro, you know, how where do we want to be? Um, we tried to eliminate some of that by looking at our priorities. But then you've got this, where am I at now? And you know, if you're if you're a freshman in college and you're where do you want to be in five years was um, want to be a millionaire. Well, then I'm not saying that's not possible, um, but you're going to have to grind very, very hard to do that. And you may have to put off, uh, you know, starting a family a little bit. Um, I wouldn't recommend that. I think that my priorities are pretty good. Um, I think that, you know, there is a time for prioritizing career and you can put off marriage for a little bit. You know, you, you don't have to get married at 21. Uh, you can get married at, you know, 26, 27, but I've talked a lot on the one flesh podcast about the benefits of early marriage. And, um, I think if you're really trying to do marriage correctly, and if you're trying to make your marriage a lifelong marriage, it should be a priority. Uh, and let me put it, let me put it this way. At some point, those priorities are going to have to switch. Um, and this is kind of a good point that I haven't thought of, but if you find yourself, well, I need to prioritize this over this right now. Well, at some point, those priorities are going to have to switch. I do know for a fact that if you actually want a good marriage, your marriage is going to have to be priority over your job. And I don't know that it's a good strategy to to flip that for any amount of time. Now, again, if you don't have a girlfriend and you're in college, grind on your college. I get that. Um, I get that. But know that at some point, those priorities are going to have to swap. And I would rather you be aware of that and and catch it in the beginning. I, I don't I don't know if this makes sense. Um, I haven't fleshed these ideas out with with really anybody. I'm doing it with a microphone. Um, but I hope you get what I'm saying here. Of, of oh, I'm going to grind on my career right now. Okay, um, where do you see yourself in five years? Well, I don't have a girlfriend, but I do have a career, and so um, I'm going to grind very very hard on my career right now. In five years, have the career of my dreams, and then maybe I'll start working on a 
working on a wife and a family. Well, when you start working on a wife and a family, do know that your priorities are going to have to switch. Um, in order to have a good marriage, you're going to have to switch. And to me, it doesn't seem like a good plan. Um, it doesn't seem like a good plan to plan for a priority switch. Does that make sense? I hope it does. Um, it doesn't seem like a good idea uh, to start with your priorities mixed up versus where they're going to be. Now, again, sometimes people make mistakes and they realize it. Um, sometimes people don't prioritize their faith and they quickly get put into a, in, into a proper order. Uh, ask me how I know. Um, you know, like a, it's very swift um, where faith becomes number one once you realize how bad you've messed up by putting faith at two, three, or four, or five. Um, I'm trying to tell you this now so that you don't have to go through those growing pains. <laughs> that's that's what I'm trying to tell you is is make faith a priority now. Even though you've got um, make faith, make family, uh, make fitness a priority now, even though you've got these other ideas about where you think you're going to go and how to get there, I'm telling you, uh, prepare for that priority swap and and go ahead and make those your priorities now. Um, keep your goals big, but where do you see yourself in, in five years? Where are you at right now? Maybe your priorities need to shift a little bit now to accommodate those those five-year goals across the, the list of priorities that you're going to have in five years. Does that make sense? If, if you're looking five years ahead and you've done your where do you want to be, but you did it with a, with a priority set of um, finance, finance, fitness. This is, this is a classic, classic gym, bro. Classic, you know, finance, bro. Uh, finance, fitness. Um, (laughs) we won't go family, but, um, you know, the other priority is maybe, uh, fraternizing. We could do that. Um, finance, fitness, and fraternizing, (laughs) um, to, to put it kindly. Um, you can put a bad word there, but we won't. Um, those are like 99% of dudes in college. That's their priorities at the moment. I'm telling you, uh, you know, maybe you looked at your, your, where do you want to be in five years with that set of priorities? Um, yeah, or maybe that's where you're at now. Where do you see yourself? Maybe you say, those are my priorities right now. Finance, fitness, uh, and, and, uh, and ladies, uh, multiples. So, but your where do you want to be in five years? You have the faith, family, fitness, uh, faith. What is it? Faith, family, fitness, uh, friends, and finance. Maybe in in that in that five year vision, that's what you have. I'm saying go ahead and align those. At some point, you're going to have to make a switch. Um, and there's no point in having this goal. Let's say the game. You know, you practice how you play. So. Uh, let's say you have this goal of this five-year plan with these priorities and you're not going to be able to achieve that five-year plan of those priorities if your action doesn't mimic those priorities. I know I'm stumbling and rambling a little bit, um, but I hope you get what I'm saying. It's like you're going to put this plan into place. Uh, when do you swap priorities? Is it after a certain milestone? Um, and again, I'm not saying you have to put marriage before graduating college. Uh, it's a question of priorities and then deciding actions on how you get there. You know, maybe what can you handle while you're going through college? You know, let's say you're in medical school. Can you handle finding a girlfriend? I don't know. Um, I've never been through medical school. I know that there were a lot of people, you know, in engineering school that thought that they couldn't handle finding a girlfriend in engineering school, but most of the time they just, they spent their free time, you know, at parties trying to find girl, you know, girls to hook up with. And I was like, you could be, going on dates right now, you know, or bringing your girlfriend to the party, you know, like that you're already at. Um, it was, it was confusing. Man, I don't have time. I got to grind on my school. Uh, got to wait till we get out of school and then we'll figure that some of that stuff out. And it's like, well, okay. Um, it didn't feel like having a family was the number one, you know, was their number two priority. Um, at the very least, it felt like they could start looking for a girlfriend or stop practicing, uh, you know, start practicing proper family values as in not hooking up with multiple girls. Um, you know, if family is your number one priority, it doesn't mean you got to get married before you graduate college. It doesn't mean that you have to order milestones like that. 
It doesn't mean that it has to be linear. It doesn't mean that you have to like get your faith 100% correct uh, before you can go find a girlfriend. You, you, you see people that have, that have these, these thoughts of like, well, you know, how can I even go find me a good Christian girl if um, I'm not, you know, basically uh, as good as my preacher about, you know, being faithful. Well, fair enough. You know, we talk a lot about, you know, getting your life right before you go and look for a girlfriend of being the kind of guy that somebody wants to date. But um, you don't have to work these things linearly. And I feel like that's what stops a lot of people from establishing this priority list. They say, well, I don't want to get married before I go to college or, you know, I don't want to get married before I graduate college. Okay. Nobody's saying that you have to, um, I'll push marriage as early as possible. And I think a lot of people, you could get married while you're in college. It's, you know, get married in the summer. Like it's, it's not that big of a deal. Um, I know money is tight, yada, 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 but, um, it's not impossible, but I'm not saying that you have to, I'm just saying that it needs to be a priority and you need to look at your actions now look at your actions and look at your goals in the future across those priorities. And, uh, and I think sometimes step one is a priority shift. So, uh, we talked about kind of step one in our analogy and our illustration. And I think step one, a lot of times is a priority shift. It's saying, okay, uh, maybe, maybe now I need to shift my priorities a little bit to where I'm not just focused on my career 100%. You know, what is my career going to be worth uh, in 5, 10, 20, and 40 years if I don't have that good family set up? What is my career going to be worth if I don't have anybody to share it with? Or, um, you know, maybe my career is still going to be worth a lot more in five years, but uh, how good of a marriage could I have? You know, you look at the marriage that you want to have in five years and you're like, I don't, I don't think I can get that if I wait until three years from now when I get that promotion that may never come uh, to start looking for a girlfriend. I don't, I don't think that my five-year marriage goal can support that um, or that I can support that if I don't start prioritizing marriage. So I think, number one, to me, there always needs a priority shift in the moment. We talked about how to establish priorities in the future. Uh, in the moment, I think there needs to be a priority shift. And a lot of times that's what comes first for guys. And that looks like reconciling those two, those two paths. You have the path of where do I see myself and the path of where do I want to be? And I do think, I do think that it needs to start with this. Um, so let's, let's uh, close our eyes and imagine, you know, two paths that are, that are distant or uh, a destination here and a destination here. And maybe you've got, you're standing right here and you've got one path going into the future that is like all of your actions right now is kind of going to the left. And you've got one path that is uh, kind of leading to the right, this this where do you want to be in five years. Um, you see this, oh, you know the um, the meme where it's got like the, the Doomfield dungeon and then like the, the nice shiny castle, you know what I'm talking about? Uh, maybe I'll put that on the uh, on the the podcast art um, when I when I post the episode. But you've got these two paths, and you need to make those paths come to the same place, or at the very least, before you take step one, you need to make them get a lot closer. And you don't have to have everything figured out, but they need to be in like the same zip code. Okay, um, they need to be somewhere close. Uh, if your goal, maybe your your path right now is. Uh, you're sitting here and you're at your where do you see yourself as Fort Worth and your where do you want to be as Amarillo. Um, well, maybe we get that a little bit closer and your uh, where do you see yourself as Lubbock and your where do you want to be as Amarillo. We need to get them closer. And there's a couple ways to do that. Maybe instead of Amarillo and Fort Worth, where do you see yourself? Where do you want to be? Your where do you want to be shifts down to like Wichita Falls. And you're like, okay, those are a little bit closer. Um, we're going to try to hold that where do you want to be as close as we can, um, we're going to say, these are my big goals. And I don't want to back off of those just because it seems difficult. So we're going to try to hold those as close as we can. We've already applied our, our list of priorities to them. Uh, but maybe, maybe I'm not going to be the owner of Amazon in five years. <laughs> um, hopefully you were a little bit more realistic with that. Um, but maybe I'm not going to be the owner of Amazon. So we move this, uh, this, where do you want to be 
a little bit to the left. You know, you've got your where do you want to be off to the right and your where do you see yourself over to the left. And so we move this where do you want to be a little bit to the left of like, okay, well, maybe um, I just looked at interest rates and having a brand new vehicle in five years is still probably not going to be good. So we move it just a little bit to the left, but I want a nice vehicle. Um, or, you know, you sub that for having a good bank account. And so you keep that, you keep it a lofty high goal. You keep it a very achievable, but very tough and, uh, let's see, lofty goal, a, a, a big goal. You're dreaming big, but you change it a little bit and you move it over to the left. And then you look at where do you see yourself and you say, okay, my priorities are, are way shifted over here to the left. You say, uh, where do you see yourself? Maybe it's not a bad, maybe it's not like, maybe it's not bad. It's just different than what you want. Uh, maybe it's, where do I see myself in five years? Well, you know, maybe I have a family. Um, maybe I have, you know, a really good career, but I'm hardly ever home. The career that I have is going to make me travel all the time. Um, you're going to have to figure that out. Or um, I want to be an entrepreneur in five years, but this career that I'm working there's no way for me to really get out of it. Or, you know, where do you see yourself in five years? Maybe you're on the on the path to working at this company for 20 years. And you know that you're eventually going to have to leave that um, if you want to be an entrepreneur. So where do you see yourself? It doesn't necessarily have to be bad, but when you compare it to where do you want to be, um, how do we correct that? And you're going to start making shifts in the path. You know, you have these two paths and this where do you see yourself um, you're going to start kind of merging those two. Um, I know the illustration is breaking down a little bit, but you're going to see this this kind of curve of like, well, we're continuing on this way and we're not going to be able to fix it all today, uh, but eventually we're going to kind of curve back and we're going to make this transition over to this, um, where do you want to be in 5, 10, 20, and 40 years? Um, I hope the illustration is is kind of making sense. You've got these two de destinations that are to the left of where do you see yourself and to the right of where do you want to be. And you're going to modify um, this, this where do you want to be a little bit over to the left of, okay, um, are my priorities actually in check in 5, 10, 20, and 40 years? Uh, does this actually make sense? Um, do, they, do they hold up? Does the 5, the 10-year, and the 20-year goal, are they kind of in line? You know, uh, Am I going to be able to go from one to the other to the next to the next? And again, we're talking close here. Okay, we're talking. Uh, are they in the same zip code? Um, we don't have to have everything figured out, but are they somewhat close? And then you're going to move those a little bit to the left, like just force them to be closer to this path of where do you see yourself? And you're gonna you're gonna make them realistic, but you're still gonna make them lofty, lofty goals. You're gonna make them high up on a mountain. You're gonna have to climb some stairs, but you can get up there. Um, and then you see this kind of big patch of wilderness between the two, or, or you know, in the meme, there's like a, I think that like a pit or something of like, there's only two options. Well, you're going to have to cut this path back. You're going to have to decide what actions, what decisions can you make? How can you change your, your habits? Um, what you do, what step can you make right now to cut back through this path of, of thorns and, and sticky crap, um, that it looks like it's, it's completely separate right now. You're gonna have to build that path back to this. Where do you want to be? And eventually this, where do you see yourself is nowhere close to where do you want to be? Or maybe it's somewhat close, but they're going to be different. And so now you have to work on this path that's to the left, correcting it back um, to the right and and getting where you want to go. I know that illustration is tough, but that's what we're talking about here. Um, so what does this look like? Well, I illustrated it for you at the beginning um, with my own example. The house I want to be in is probably going to be at least 500 grand. Um, I want some acreage uh, in five years. I think I want to get out somewhere where the kids can run, play, shoot bows, maybe even shoot guns, um, have some animals, I think. And then I still want a decent house. I don't want to live in a double wide. Um, almost refuse to, but that's just my pride, I suppose. Um, I may come to it where I'm living in a double wide in five years. I don't know. Um, but. Uh, I just worked out that math for you. Like, okay, I'm going to have to have three times the amount of income and I'm going to have to have a hundred thousand dollar down payment. That's pretty wild. Okay. Uh, and then tomorrow I'm going to sit down with a budget and I'm going to say, okay, how much can I, how much can I afford to save right now? And then how am I going to modify that? What does you know, Dave Ramsey's debt snowball look like? 
Um, how much am I going to be able to save over five years if I continue that debt snowball? And then, um, okay, that probably is not going to be enough. I can tell you right now, um, I make a hundred grand a year. There's no way I'm going to be able to save. What is that? A fifth of that $20,000. I don't know. We're single income. Maybe I could save 20 grand of it. Um, over, you know, a year over the next five years, that's going to be tough because you got taxes. So I don't actually make 104 grand. I make, um, $80,000. So I'm actually going to be saving a quarter of it. You do this kind of math and this is that cutting that path in, in that, you know, thorny, thorny thistle stuff in between this. Where do you see yourself, uh, versus where do you want to be? Um, you know, I talked about it, cutting it uphill, (laughs) you know, that, that path, maybe you've got to build the steps to get up there. Um, this is where you take and you start, you know, uh, chopping out of that mountain and saying, okay, we've got to cut this trail up here somehow. And it's going to be tough. I'm telling you right now, just doing the math in my head of if I, if I kept my income the same, how do I save that? Um, where do, where do we go? And so did a little bit more on the planning than what I wanted to do today. We're at what? 45 minutes. Um, I'll take a drink. I want to get to the next, uh, the next steps. We're going to get to the point where we actually make decisions on this stuff. Um, this is a very important point that I want to make that I feel like has helped me in my path. You know, um, like I said, I'm, I'm talking to no one and everyone at the same time, which is difficult because, uh, I have no, nobody else's example, uh, to give specific advice to. And then, uh, I've got to fit this to everyone that's listening. So, um, it's, it's tough, but you know, talking about my own example, you know, somebody asked me because they feel like I, I'm, I have something to offer on this. So, um, I'm going to talk about what I think I did well. And, um, I actually do have another example of, and, and I've used it a couple of times of a buddy who, uh, we make, well, right about the same amount of money. Um, at one point we had exactly the same salary down to the digits, <laughs> um, down to the cents. And, uh, we had a couple of different paths, uh, but there was still, some similarities in there and I did mine way, you know, way different than he did, but, um, there were actually still some similarities now that I think about it, but, um, how did we get there? How did we get to that salary? That was something we both envisioned was having a decent salary, you know, for, for our age and getting up to the, this number that uh, a lot of people told us was kind of unachievable. Um, I don't think he was looking at it quite as hard as what I was. And, um, that's kind of to my point of how he did it differently. I think he, um, put his head down, worked very hard and got there. Just, you know, um, put the effort in, put himself in the right position, put his head down, didn't think about it much, uh, did hard work and it, and it came to him. Um, that's a different, it's a little bit different than what I did. I was focused on it like 24 seven and I was making a lot of jumps, a lot of moves, a lot of maneuvers to try to get there. Uh, and we both got there. So there's a thousand ways to skin a cat is what I'm trying to tell you. Uh, you can get there in a multitude of different ways. And I've seen it happen for me though. If you're the kind of person that I am, I had to make those moves and I had to constantly be, uh, what is it? Uh, forward center of mass is what they kind of call it. Um, I'm going to read you a little bit out of discipline equals freedom. And once again, you've got to take discipline equals freedom with a guarantee with a grain of salt because it's talking about an enemy. Um, I could try to define the enemy, but it's more about the mentality Um, this is default aggressive from discipline equals freedom. Proactive and aggressive are similar and they are both good. You certainly have to be proactive in the world. You want to be dictating what happens, not responding to it. And yes, that means creating or controlling a situation as much as you can. But being aggressive, that means you are ready to attack. As I always point out, this doesn't mean you walk around with your chest puffed out, ready to bang heads with everyone around you. It doesn't mean you confront people physically or mentally, head on uh, head on, and without a tactically superior plan. It doesn't mean you go straight forward into conflict without thought and without reason. It doesn't mean you engage in, in attrition warfare. No, this is almost never smart. What it does mean is that you are going to get after it. You are going to move fast. You are going to think fast. You are going to outthink and outmaneuver the enemy. If I think the enemy is going to attack me, I'm going to attack them first. If I think they are going to seize a piece of terrain, I'm going to be there waiting for them. If I think the enemy is going to flank me, too late, I'm already flanking them. 
I don't view aggression as an outward attitude. I view aggression as an internal character trait, a fire in your mind that says, I am going to win. I'm going to battle and I'm going to fight and I'm going to use every tool I have to crush my enemy. And that tool might be fists. It might be guile. It might be a frontal attack, but it might be a flanking maneuver. It might be an undeniable display of force, but it might also be a subtle politic, uh, might be a subtle political, political mover maneuver. Jeez. And that is what aggression is to me. The unstoppable fighting spirit, the drive, the burning desire to achieve mission success using every possible tool, asset, and strategy and tactic to bring about victory. It is the will to win. And that kind of internal relentless aggression is your default mode. You will win. Um, So what that looks like to me, again, there's a lot of uh, emotional language in there. And when you're reading that at you know, uh, 11 PM, knowing that you've got to get up at 4 AM in the morning. Uh, that's what that's for, um, of, of prepping yourself for, you know, a night of sleep, knowing that it's going to suck in the morning. And you think about the enemy, um, like we're going to defeat the enemy. Yes. Um, but that kind of mindset applies to what we're talking about here. You know, when, when I say, once you, once you've made those paths match, this this default aggression is is going to be um, accelerating your time frame. You know, um, a lot of people will look at this. Where do you see yourself, and where do you want to be in five years? And they'll say, I don't think there's any way I can climb that mountain in that in that amount of time. And default aggressive is, yeah, I can, um, I can. That mindset of, I can get there. Um, I really can. It's going to suck. It's going to be difficult. I can get there figuring out how to get it done. You know, uh, what I wrote down earlier is uh, income versus savings. The people that aren't looking default aggressive, when they look at a goal like I want to buy a $500,000 house, uh, only making, you know, a hundred grand a year in five years, when that math looks difficult, a lot of people turn to their savings and they go to Dave Ramsey and they're like, oh no, um, the math doesn't work out. Default aggressive says, where does my income need to be? <laughs> um, yeah, my savings, you know, being prudent and um, being responsible, uh, having self-control, discipline, sorry. I mean, it was obvious. Discipline dictates that you can't just spend every dime that you have. You have to have some self-control. But default aggressive dictates that um, where does my income need to be? What moves do I need to make to get ahead of this goal and to say, you know what? Um, maybe I can't do that with a hundred thousand dollars salary. Can I do it with 200 grand? Is that possible? If I got $200,000, does it become a lot more achievable? I would say so. Um, I would, I would think yes. Um, what about, you know, my business or yada, yada, yada. Um, to me, that's what default aggressive is. And I've always had that, that willingness to, to kind of step out accelerate that time frame, take on challenges that I thought were a little bit bigger than what I could do. You know, uh, a lot of people to their credit, they look at, you know, taking control. That's, that's the proactive approach. You know, um, he, he kind of Im- demonstrates this dichotomy between proactive and, uh, and default aggressive. You know, he says, uh, responding, we certainly have to be proactive. You know, uh, that's, this means creating or controlling a situation as much as you can. So, uh, to me, that's where a lot of people, you know, would look at their savings and that, okay, how, what can, what can I do to control this? You know, how can I, uh, I have a lot of control over the way I spend my money. And that's a very good place to be because a lot of people think that they don't have control. They, they blame prices and stuff, but okay, I have control over how do I spend my money, but because they get paid by somebody else or because they've got a, a W2 job that has other benefits or they've got a wife and a kid, um, they think that that income piece is out of their control. Um, well, you know, my job, they're just not going to pay me that much. Um, and then they'll start to modify their goals down. No, there's this, there's a complete other aspect of what can you do to earn more money? How do you get to 200 grand in five years? Can you do that? Um, I think you can. How do you do that with your priorities? This is what default aggressive means. Uh, this also means that, uh, you know, we don't live in a vacuum. There are other people and especially there is God, you know, there, there is God who has his own plan. Um, 
there's going to be shifts. You can only cut that path through the wilderness and up the mountain so much. And you have this vision of where you want to go. Um, there might be this, uh, this very steep cliff that you didn't see when you were planning. As a matter of fact, I know there's going to be, there's going to be a number of different, uh, terrains and maybe we'll make the next one. Um, we'll make the next one on, well, no, we'll, we'll talk about it now. I mean, hell, we're 54 minutes. Might as well talk about it. We're here. Um, there's going to be terrain in your way. I know there will be, uh, you're not going to be able to get out of, of, of terrain and, and unforeseen circumstances. Okay. We're not just living in your world as much as you can try to envision it. And as much as you're called to, to make this plan and, and to move your feet, uh, towards this, this goal, um, there's going to be curveballs. God has his own plan. Other people exist. You live in a society. There's going to be doors that open up. There's going to be roadblocks that you hit. And, you know, for me, um, I've always taken a default aggressive approach of, uh, especially when those other opportunities come up, you know, we can look at it in terms of roadblocks, but what happens when you get to this trail and somebody offers you a shortcut? Is it really a shortcut? How do you do that assessment? And we could talk about that, um, you know, later on in the career series of how do you assess these opportunities? But, uh, for me, default aggressive means strongly considering them, considering them with the same level of aggression as I'm walking down my current path. Um, you know, for me, uh, when I felt somebody was putting a roadblock in my way at like a job or, you know, when I tell them I want to get up to this, this number goal by this amount and they kind of laugh at me, which has happened. Um, and they say, yeah, that, I don't think that's going to be possible here. And I don't think you're going to find that anywhere. You know where we go? We go to indeed, baby. (laughs) Um, we start that job hunt. Um, that's default aggressive. Now, I don't know that that's good. And sometimes that's bit me in the ass. Uh, sometimes I'm end up, I end up at a place that I don't want to be. Um, I'm not telling you that the moment you think your job isn't going to work out, you, you dip. And like I said, to this, this, this friend's credit, I don't want to out him, uh, because I've told you how much money he makes, but, um, to this friend's credit, he did that once. Um, well, maybe twice. Um, he took an opportunity, uh, worked at a company for a couple of years. They put a roadblock in front of him. He felt like he was in, in a tough spot, made one switch, worked his ass off, and then he got to where he wanted to go. And he's going to continue down that path, it seems. Um, and it's probably going to work out very, very well for him. Um, so uh, I made quite a few jumps. <laughs> I made a lot of jumps. I've had a lot of jobs in the past six or seven years. Um Wow, it's hard to think that it's been that long since 2017. What is that, three, seven years? I've had a lot of jobs in the past seven years. Every one of them was somebody put a roadblock in my path or that job got to the point to where it wasn't working out with my priorities anymore. It didn't fit the path. Uh, My priorities had shifted, and so the job had to shift. Um, They weren't going to give me as much money or simply another opportunity just opened up, one that I had to take. Uh, Somebody offered me a shortcut on that path, and I said, is this true? And I took it. And it looks to be true. Um, that's the same mentality. Uh, default aggressive is, let's say you're not switching jobs. Let's say you're going into a job. It's when they offer you a new responsibility that might come with a pay raise. If you do it right, you take that responsibility and you take it on. Default aggressive is you find this girl that you really think could be the one. And you do the 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 assessments, the, um, what is it, religion, family, money, uh, religion, money, family, uh, health and fitness and substance abuse. You do those analysis analyses. Uh, you analyze those things from like we talked about on the one flesh podcast. And you think this girl could really be the one, um, default of aggressive is going and getting married and starting that relationship and, and making that commitment, taking that opportunity that comes to you. Um, that's what default aggressive really, really is. Um, it's, it's maintaining this, you know, spending part of your day looking at the at the grind looking at the daily habits and seeing what you can change in the daily and then and then popping up out of that you know i, I feel like i you know taking out my onyx maps uh it's, it's a phone map taking out your apple maps looking at your trail and, and evaluating okay in the next two weeks in the next three months in the next uh year where can i maybe cut this trail out a little bit easier now that i've got better facts in front of me now that i'm in the present is there any way that i can kind of hack this trail out a little bit to the right and get up this mountain a little bit easier. That's what default aggressive is. 
Um, if you're not default aggressive, you're going to sit in the place and you're not going to think about it. Um, I know people that do this. <laughs> I know people that have these goals that they want to get to a certain place and they kind of have this rough idea of where they're at, but they get to a place that's kind of good. You know, default aggressive is not accepting good enough. Default aggressive is, is, is constantly evaluating it to this goal that you have and saying, nope, not good enough. Um, you don't want to get discontent. Like you don't, you don't want to be ungrateful. Um, but you don't want to stagnate either. You want to be very grateful for what you've got, man. I really do appreciate this job. This job helped me out a lot. You know, I had it. My last job was like that. That was a job that I really, really appreciated because it helped me get fit. You know, we talk about the priority of fitness. Um, those guys, you know, if I hadn't had that job, there's a good chance that I may never have lost the 100 pounds. I was able to go out on my lunch breaks. I was able to ruck. I never stayed at that place past five o'clock. I don't think uh, there was maybe one day that I stayed till six. Um, stayed till six o'clock one time working on my own truck. Um, I don't think I was ever at that place past five o'clock because you know why I was in the CrossFit gym. Um, was very grateful for that job, but when it came time to leave, I had to dip. Um, when the opportunity came up, when it looked like they weren't going to support my income goals that I had, um, great people, we had to get out. Wasn't that I was ungrateful for the job. Wasn't that I was a bratty little snot that wasn't, you know, able to accept what I was given. Um, not that they said that, but, uh, that's what a lot of people feel like of like, Oh, what are you not content? You know, with what the Lord has given you very, very happy, very happy where I'm at now. The job changed me. The job, so many good things came from that job, but this one opened up. And if I'm looking at my, my, um, my goal up on the mountain of where I want to be, and I'm looking at the path that I'm in right now, I got to cut this other way. <laughs> I got to, I got to take this fork brother. Um, that's default aggressive of, of realizing those opportunities when they come around, uh, assessing them towards your goal and, and stepping out and taking those. Um, that's this, you know, West Texas A&M university, um, when it looks like there's a, you're a shoe in to get in and the engineering department looks close enough. Um, and it looks like you're going to be able to thrive. You might even, in my mind, I thought I was going to be close to the top of the class because it was a smaller school. That was kind of a joke. Um, but when, when the circumstances look favorable, even though you've had this plan, even though you've got others pressuring you to kind of stay on this path, default aggressive is, is trusting that intuition, being willing to accept the consequences if you're wrong, and, and cut that path, um, make that, where do you see yourself, um, being willing to, to, uh, make that path fit and, and take risks. That's what, that's what default aggressive is. And I think that's the only way I've, I've gotten to, gotten to where I'm at. Um, call it ADHD. You know, I sometimes, uh, make fun of my brother a little bit, um, for, for being a little ADHD, you know, everybody's kind of, um, giving him hell because it, it's, it's a little bit different than where I'm at, you know, I could sit in school for eight hours a day. I liked the learning. Houston, not so much. He's he's not a fan of it. Um, but the more and more I think about it, the more we're not that dissimilar. Um, the moment that something doesn't fit his goals, whether it's to to have a good time, uh, you know, to when I think about him being a kid, you know, whether that goal was to have fun while he's playing that day and uh from task to task to task, uh, he figured out they didn't serve his 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 goals. Um the willingness to switch and, and try something different and to move. Um, a lot of times I think, you know, maybe we're not that different. If you were to look at my resume, uh, you would think that I had a little bit of that ADHD in me too. And that's, that's my point. Um, that's my point is that, uh, you know, if you were to look at my resume, you would think, yeah, maybe these two are a little bit more similar than what, than what it seems. Um, but it's, uh, it's the willingness to move. It's the willingness to pivot. Um, and to stay on your goals. I mean, every day that, that fight and that, and that will to win. So one last thing I want to hit that, um, I saw in Jocko while I was looking for default aggressive, this one is called strategic planning, uh, discipline equals freedom. Having a long-term strategic plan is smart. A three-year plan, a five-year plan, even a 10-year plan for those larger goals in the future. These types of plans are important, but I also want you to remember that you don't get any closer to your goals while you are planning. You don't get any closer to your goals until you get up and get after it. On top of your planning, be sure to make actual movement towards your goals every day. Uh, yeah, 
that's the second point of when you when you do this where do you see yourself analysis you need to think very very hard about your habits you know write down over the past two weeks what you've done every single day or the past month what did you do on every monday of past of the past month get your calendar and honestly see if you can remember what you did and it may look like work and home (laughs) i mean sometimes it may get a little fuzzy but over the last week what did you do over this last week what are your plans to do over the next week evaluate your daily habits where do you see yourself and this is what he's talking about here you don't get any closer to your goals until you get up and get after it um that means there is a daily grind you're going to have to hack that trail out somehow you know um we talk about this kind of in in uh survival scenarios of people that um just never they they're lost but they're like 3 miles from a road or something they're lost but they're held 300 yards from a road they just couldn't hear it um, they got stuck. They didn't move. Um, and I'm sure they thought about where they wanted to be in five years. You know, if you're if you're lost in the wilderness, that's a terrifying feeling. When you lost anywhere, that's a terrifying feeling. Um, I'm sure they thought a lot about where they wanted to be in five years. Um, but there there have been people that have been just found dead, like 300 yards away from from safety, um, because they got lost and they didn't move. You got to hack your way through that through that bush, man. You got to get your, you got to take the first step up the mountain and you got to keep taking steps. Um, so when you're doing your, where do you see yourself and you, and you try to figure out step one and step two, step one looks like, uh, writing things down, committing to that plan. Um, step two looks like putting those things into action, waking up tomorrow, 4 AM, whatever it is, uh, 4 5, 6, you know, whatever, whatever it looks like. And going and getting that workout in because your fitness goal demands that you start now. Your fitness goal in five years, uh, if you want to gain 20 pounds of muscle, you better start lifting now. (laughs) Five pounds of muscle a year. um, I'm sure you probably do it quicker, but still, um, you're never going to do it if you don't pick up a weight. So um, step one may look like uh, what we've talked about, getting those goals in alignment. Step two looks like actually initiating and and starting those habits. So I've talked for an hour, guys. I think this one ended up looking pretty good. So um, ended up satisfying. I didn't want to record today, and I say that a lot, and it ended up coming out really good. So um, keep getting after it, guys. Um, this Path of Purpose series is, is one that I've been pretty excited about. Uh, it's one that was, like I said, requested by probably the only person that listens to my episodes regularly anymore. Um and uh, I'm very happy that I agreed to do it. So um, y'all get after it. Tune in on Wednesday, on Wednesday to the One Flesh podcast where we talk all about marriage, the uh, the family part of the faith, family, fitness, friends, and finance. Um, yeah, come, come join us on Wednesdays to talk about marriage, uh, Sundays to find and fulfill your purpose. Thanks.